prophecy is being fulfilled. Wins against the Wizards, Cavs, and Knicks setting up for a date against the Celtics tonight. Donovan Mitchell averaging 24, 6 rebounds, 5 assists over the last three games as the Jazz are on a little bit of a run. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. Round Ball Roundup brought to you by Fanatics. For authentic Utah Jazz player gear, including jerseys, shorts, warm-ups, and more, visit fanaticsauthentic.com slash utahjazzgu. That's fanaticsauthentic.com slash utahjazzgu. He told us what was going to happen, and it's played to that sort of sort. You'll be hearing a recap of the last two games, plus an interview with Alema Harrington, part one of a two-parter with him. But Utah did it in two different ways. First one, they go crazy from three, 20 of 41, three-point shooting. Boyan Bogdanovich has 28 points and a nutmeg of Chetty only upping his bogey tricks as he continues to play as a rhythm guy. He breaks out of the slump with the 28 points. Did it with five three-pointers, four trips to the free-throw line, seven rebounds, and a season-high six assists. That nutmeg was indicative of him just trying to get himself into a spot where he's contributing on the floor. He's a type of player that realizes when he's not scoring, he's not contributing, and he was trying to do it in different ways, and that's impressive to see from Boyan. Donovan goes out and scores 19 points. Breaks his streak of 30-point games. I'm sure he's okay with that because Utah got the win. It continues to the Knicks game on Wednesday. Spike Lee not in attendance, but the Love is Blind crew was. It was complete domination throughout the game, 112-104. to New York was without its main rim protector in Mitchell Robinson, and they were feasted on inside. Rudy Gobert enjoyed an 18-14 and performance. Donovan chipped in 23, and Boyan Bogdanovich added a 23 as well. Knicks are now losers of seven of the last eight. And even with that victory against Houston, which I definitely did not call, New York's still languishing. Listen to this number from the Jazz finishing at the rim. 23 of 26 shots going at the bucket. Mike Conley was a bright spot, operating effectively 17 and six assists as they continue to try to unlock that guy. And it all leads up to this Boston game tonight with the Celtics down two of their starting wings. Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, unavailable due to injury, may have Kemba Walker, who didn't play against Cleveland, did work his way back onto the floor against the Nets earlier this week. This was the objective, three of four on the road, so that you can set yourself up for that Monday game against Toronto well. Detroit is in the same position as Cleveland and New York, looking towards the lottery. The most fun they're having is seeing Tony Snell hit 28 of 28 free throws and trying to become the only player in NBA history to convert 30-plus free throw attempts with no misses. That's it. Otherwise, they're down Derrick Rose. They don't have Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin. Drummond obviously gone. Jazz are better than those teams. It's those measuring stick games against the Bostons and Houstons that will determine what it comes down for their seeding. Today, Utah is 12-15 and 15 against above 500 teams, 27-7 and 7 against the below 500 squads. Make sure to catch the team against the Celtics tonight on AT&T Sportsnet, where you'll find our next guest, Alema Harrington. He's the host of Jazz Game Night 
We got into a variety of things, talking what's happening as of late for the team. We spoke ahead of the game against New York. And first, I wanted to take him down memory lane, talking about his old show, Hawaiian Sports Adventure, where he met Cuba Gooding Jr. while playing roller hockey. And we had spinner dolphins jumping all over the place. I mean, just amazing stuff. But that was a great experience to meet Cuba at that point in his career as things were just starting to launch for him. And uh, he did give me some pointers. So it was not very good at the roller, <laughs> roller hockey. But he, you know, I think some people might know this. He's actually a very good hockey player. Grew up playing hockey. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm yeah. learning new things here on Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. You're welcome, listener. Yeah. Was this always the plan, going to be a broadcaster yeah. after your career at BYU? Because you played sports. And then naturally, yeah. um, I suppose, you shifted into the sports realm. Yeah, the, the thing for me was when I was done playing, um, you know, I, I finished up my, my education at BYU. I got a a uh, bachelor's degree in sociology and a minor in communications, broadcast communications. And the guy that inspired me actually to look at this business as a possible career was Vaisika Hema, who was a, uh, an, an outstanding return man for us at BYU and then went on to play uh, for a few teams in the NFL, um, finished up his career with the Eagles, and now he is a uh, has been a longtime broadcaster at the NBC affiliate uh, in, in Philadelphia. But I remember having a conversation with him uh, when I was a sophomore, and he was asking me what I was thinking about doing, and I didn't know at the time. Um, and I was taking some communications classes, and, and as a football player, just trying to stay eligible. Um, so taking some classes that probably I would never. Yoga. Right. <laughs> that would never apply to, to a career for me. And then when I watched, you know, I watched Vi be very successful, and he's an outgoing guy, and, and we have some similarities in, in um, as far as presentation is concerned, and some of that's probably a little bit of cultural um, that we just enjoy entertaining and, and those kinds of things. And then my father was an entertainer by profession. Well, actually, he was a teacher by profession, but he got into the entertainment business, was on the Hawaii Five-0 original for many, many years as a regular. And uh, Hawaii Five-0, by the way, just got canceled, the new, you know, the new kind of reboot of it. And my dad was on that one too. So he's still alive, he's 84 years old, living in Hawaii. But he had a show, uh, a night show in Waikiki, a uh, typical show that you would come and you would you know, see Polynesian uh, culture and dancing and things like that. And my father was the headliner and the entertainer. He did that for 20 years. And so I grew up with that. And so that was kind of a, the backdrop for, for, for me. And I uh, always enjoyed watching him, watching him perform. And so it was kind of a, uh, wasn't a necessarily a natural transition, but it felt pretty natural. I still remember the first times I was in front of a camera or behind a microphone. And it, it, felt, it felt pretty, you know, like, yeah, I can do this. You know, and, and you know, as a, as a guy that's in this industry and you do some interviews and there's guys that really struggle as soon as, you know, the red light is on, it, it's, it's a very difficult thing. So I think that, that some of that is, is innate and because I had um, kind of a natural, naturally gravitated towards it, um, that's began to pursue that. And I was fortunate enough, and you know this too in this industry, oh, yeah. 
uh, fortunate enough to, to get some breaks along the way and to, to you know, have some doors open for me. And Craig Bullerjack has played a huge role in that, uh, you know, when I arrived at Channel 5. And I joke around that I've followed Bowler, you know, everywhere he's gone because he was at Channel 5, then he left and got a, a nice job with CBS, the network, um, and then eventually ended up on the radio uh, here locally when Sports Talk Radio really kind of took off. This was, I want to say, in kind of, you know, the really early 2000s. And uh, red and blue, right? Yeah. Then he he uh, he said, "Hey, we got a spot for you here. I think you could do the red red and blue show with Pace Mannion." And so I was fortunate enough to to follow Bowler to the radio, and then eventually um, he got the job as the play-by-play -play guy for the Utah Jazz. And um, after a few years, I you know I, I got an opportunity with uh, the Jazz organization, and now have been here. Um, over over 10 years, I think I'm going on 12, 12 years now uh, with the organization. How so. do you approach the job? Because you've had a, a couple of analysts. Yeah. I, I looked at that broadcast. Real Pace Mannion was yeah. was uh, one of the analysts. Now you yeah. have Mike Smith. Now yeah. you have Thurl. Yeah. How do you get those personalities and let them show out on a pre, half, and post game? I think, you know, one of the things that, that had – that benefited me along the way from a host's perspective was all of the interviews that I did as um, a, as a sports reporter. And it, there, there's plenty of times when, when you're interviewing a very difficult interviewee and they really struggle. And the important thing, at least for me, was always to, to break the ice, make them feel comfortable. I'll give you an example. Um, when I first came back here and I was working at Channel 5, um, there was a kid that, that played for the University of Utah. His name was Chris Fuamatuma Afala. And some may remember him. He was a fantastic running back, big kid, um, but he was from Hawaii. He played at St. Louis High School in Hawaii. And I remember at that time, nobody could get an interview with him because he just refused to, to talk because he was scared. You know, he didn't, he didn't feel comfortable. So I remember we were at uh, um, fall camp with, with the Utes, and Chris was sitting just kind of off to the side on the track, off, off the field, and I told my camera guy, Jerry Carter III, who, who was at five at the time, is with us now at, at the Utah Jazz, fantastic guy, and I said, hey, um, I'm going to, grab the microphone, follow me over here, I'm gonna just sit down and start talking to Chris. So we did that and Chris felt comfortable enough that we were able to get some really good stuff from him and probably the first time that he ever did an extended interview. Um, similarly, you know, the, the years that I was covering the jazz and being able to sit down with Carl Malone for, and do a 30 minute special with him. And for me, uh, especially from, from the host standpoint, it's about relationships. It's about, you know, you can fake a certain amount, but chemistry really can be felt through the television. And for, for me, I'm fortunate that, that the guys that I work with, we're, we're able to develop a, a chemistry. And my job really is not to analyze. Mm -hmm. It's just to, to ask a, a question that they will have some insight on and then just allow them to shine. 
and I'm, you know, I, my job is easy because my guys, they, they shine, right? Whether it's Big T or Boone on our set, Matt Harpin comes up after a game, or, you know, KK sometimes is on our set and, and Locke uh, even. Yeah, and Locke and then Mike Smith. And so, you know, I work with some, some really excellent talent and, um, and just get a chance to, um, you know, ask the right questions and then kind of step back and let them let them analyze, give insight. And then I get a chance, you know, at times to, you know, just add a little bit of my insight and perspective for from the 20 plus years I've been covering the jazz. Well, in your role, it's almost controlled chaos because post game, yeah. you don't know what's happening. Right. You don't know what the game was going to occur right. the night that you're coming in to prepare. Pre-game, I imagine you guys can yeah. more or less script out yeah. or understand it's where you're scripted, going. But there's no teleprompter, yeah. um, and there's really no script outside of some some cards that uh, Nathan, who's our producer now, will will give me, and we'll have sponsor reads and things like that on it. But it's it's basically an, an unscripted show with a little bit of structure. Yeah. Post game is kind of you know it's just whatever is happening, and I've got a producer in my ear. Um, Nathan or Jeremy or Travis, one of our, our guys that's kind of feeding me like where we're going because I'm the traffic controller, right? And so if we got an interview coming up, sometimes Matt Harpering will jump on the set and right when he gets on the set, then Coach you know, Quinn Snyder is going to be talking downstairs and so we have to exit whatever we're doing and, and get down to Quinn. And um, so it is a little bit of controlled chaos, but the beauty of it for me is that it's as close to playing and having that adrenaline rush of being live uh, than, than anything else that, that, that I can think of. And, um, and for as a guy that, that played at you know, a higher level, not the, 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 the highest level, but played in front of 60,000 fans at BYU, you know, it's hard to duplicate the feeling that you get when you step on the field there. But uh, this is about as close, a live broadcast, Jazz Game Night, is about as close as you can get to that, and I love it. Well, live television, is, yeah. it's a whole different animal. You watch Inside the NBA, yeah. it looks so free-flowing, but you know so many elements are yeah. going into a show like that. But the other thing that's great is they'll sit in those moments where they screw up. Yeah. When there's a mistake, everybody's going to rib that guy. Yeah. Everybody's going to have fun with the moment. Yeah. And then it continues because it's a post-game <laughs> show. You have to continue. Yeah. It's live TV, and I'll always take a live television broadcast over a taped television broadcast oh, yeah. just for that reason, right? Juggernaut yeah. was my favorite <laughs> moment of the season. And right? you had fun with yeah. it. Craig had fun with it. Yeah. Harp had fun with it. Everybody yeah. was sinking in that moment and just yeah. enjoying what, what occurred there. Juggernaut. You know, and there's moments in, in a live television broadcast that you, you kind of, you, you know, you're going someplace and then you just kind of hit a roadblock and you don't know where else to go. And it's live TV, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, you just you roll with it. And, and so that's kind of that's one of the, the things that, that is fun about it because every show is different, and uh, every show is going to have moments like that. Some may be a little more exaggerated, like the juggernaut <laughs> moment. Um, that's not going to happen every night. But 
you know, there's always going to be that, that live element. And, and there's times where, um, you know, as broadcasters, you're, you're looking for an opportunity to set the guy up for something great. Um, and, you know, as you've talked to, to Locke on your show or different guys, especially that are doing that live broadcast, man, that's such a free-flowing thing. And when, when you have those moments that you're able to describe it just perfectly and as you're going to break, um, that's, that's like hitting, uh, you know, a three iron on the sweet spot, oh. you know. There you go, golf. Yeah. Mike's going to enjoy that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> he'll like that. He's a great golfer. Let's look at the team right yeah. now, what's happening post-All-Star break. They get the win against Cleveland and Washington before that. What has impressed you, or, or what are you looking at post-All-Star break from the Jazz so far? The thing that's impressed me, if I, you know, I'll start there, is um, what we've seen from Donovan Mitchell. Um, his ability to be able to, to kind of feel the moment and understand when it was time for him to, to do more and when it was time for him to let other guys, you know, fill in and, and, and uh, take the reins. You know, the, the, the game um, against, I want to say it was, was it the Wizards? Um, no, it was the Cleveland game. So he's coming off four straight games where he scored 30 or more, yep. right? A lot of guys in this league, especially early on in their career, third year, are like, well, i got to keep this streak going. I'm going to try to score 30 again tonight. You did not see that from Donovan. What you saw was a guy that was looking to facilitate, get his guys going, and make the right basketball play. You know, we hear that term a lot. You know, I just got to make the right basketball play. And that takes a certain amount of maturity to be able to do that. Because bas I mean, athletes in general have a selfishness that it, you know, is, is kind of what has brought them to this point, you know, was to, to be able to get theirs. And so for, for me to watch Donovan at this point in his career be so selfless in his approach to the team and what the team needs uh, has been extremely impressive. I love that about what we've seen since All-Star break because uh, Donovan, and he's done this before, where, where you, know, you, can, you can sense that he's not caring about his stats. You know, he's not worried about, well, I got 38, I got to get 40. Then, you know, two times in that streak he had 38 and 37, and it'd be easy for a guy to say, hey, man, let's get me 40. Um, but, but that's just not his nature. And, and if it is his nature, then even more impressive that he's been able to, to tame that and al allow you know, himself to, to really play for the team, which I think to me is a, a really a trickle down that you get from Quinn Snyder and the rest of the staff. He's so special. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll add another just uh, you know, piece to that um, because – I did the high school championship games this past weekend. And he was Five there, eight, right? 6A, yeah, champ championship games. So this was on a Saturday. They played on a Friday. This is Saturday. They, they get on a plane on Sunday, and they play on Monday. So for all intents and purposes, this is his off day, his only off day, before going on a four-game road trip. And, um, and he shows up at the high school basketball game. And, you know, the, obviously the, the Huntsman Center went crazy when he came in. 
but we had a chance to do a little interview with him on our broadcast, and he talked about his love for high school basketball, which he was a, you know, an outstanding uh, high school basketball player, um, and then just his love for the environment of high school basketball, which if you haven't been to a high school basketball game lately, you know, a championship type of game, I encourage you to go because uh, the environment is so different from an, uh, you know, an NBA game. Uh, and not, not that, you know, one is better than the other, but it's just different and it's a lot of fun. And then, you know, the other thing that you talked about was just I want to come out and support these guys, you know, these high school players. And I can tell you, and we talked uh, with Dallin Hall, who had a, a great game for Fremont and it actually got shouted out on, on Donovan's Twitter, um, that those guys were very aware that Donovan was in the building. <laughs> And, you know, they, they upped their game a little bit, probably did a few things that they wouldn't necessarily have done, you know, a couple behind-the-back dribbles before the crossover going in for the shot uh, in an effort even subconsciously maybe to impress Donovan Mitchell. But it was so great to have him there because he didn't have to be there. Mm -hmm. There have been times, you know, I've covered the Jazz for a long time, when, um, you know, we weren't uh, having great seasons and we would have players come to games like that, high school football game, and, and you could almost get the sense that they had to be there, right? They were there because they had to be there. You didn't get that feeling at all with Donovan at, at, this, at this game. He was there because he just wanted to be there. And he does this with summer barbecues. Yes. He'll do it with anything, yeah. really, which is... Again, yeah. him being special and credit, with this credit again to, to his parents. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, even being around his father, you know, in a baseball organization and seeing, you know, the way that, that some athletes were and probably making a decision at that point in his life is like, I want to be the guy that connects, you know, instead of the guy that's kind of a jerk because I'm sure he saw plenty of those guys. I've seen plenty of those guys in my career covering – you know, professional athletics. So, um, you know, he, he's, he certainly, or maybe, I, I, I shouldn't speak for him. I think he's probably made a conscious effort to do that. And at the same time, it's very natural for him. It's authentic, it's genuine, and, uh, and you feel that. Beyond Donovan, what has uh, stood out for you? From the team. Jordan Clarkson's run since we since yeah. we he was acquired. Obviously, we went on that that you know unbelievable uh, winning streak, um, and then winning 19 out of what 22 or something like that. Yep. And he was a huge part of that. Um, I just love the energy that he has infused into the bench, and you know both his willingness to accept that role as the guy that's going to come off the bench and and uh, and give some energy, and then then the way that he scores. You know, there, there's certain guys when they're on the floor, you know, you, you can't wait to see how they're going to score next. Donovan certainly is one of those guys, and, and, and so is Jordan. So Jordan has been impressive. And then what I really, you know, one of the things that, that I've really loved watching has been the way that Bogey, you know, Bogdanovich, has gotten kind of out of this slump that he had, you know, coming out of All-Star break. And his ability to... You know, understand I'm a shooter, and I'm going to keep shooting, and, uh, you know, this will come around. But his, his ability to acknowledge that, man, I'm, I'm not playing well, and when I don't play well, it doesn't help our team. i got to play better. 
Um, and then in this last game against Cleveland, he almost went out with, you know, as a man on a mission to, to score 30. He was just shy of 30. But, but uh, um, you know, when he's playing well, when he's knocking them down, Joe's knocking them down, Jordan's knocking them down. Um, and when we have moments like that, and we've had a lot of those this year where you got three guys that have scored 20 or more. I can't really, I mean, I've covered the Jazz for a long time. And, you know, in, in my years of covering the Jazz, for us to have that almost, not, not consistently, but pretty, you know, fairly regularly is, um, you know, I don't, I don't recall ever having scoring on our team, scorers on our team that were capable of doing that. So that's been another thing that's been fun to watch. And I don't want to leave Rudy Gobert out because Rudy is just one of those guys that, that he's upped his offensive game this year. So that, that's been fun to watch because now we you know, run a couple of plays that are designed for him to, to get to the rim and throw it down. But his selflessness too on the defensive side, he is you know, 100% aware and conscious of the fact that he is the last line of defense and that our guys um, know in the, at least, you know, whether it's in the forefront of their mind or the back of their mind, that if my guy, guy gets by me, Rudy's there. And, and he has embraced that role. And the, this is a kid that, you know, if you look back, even at his early days with the Jazz, the development that you've seen from him, which can only be attributed to commitment and hard work. So it's, it's also been fun to, to watch what he's been able to do. Rest of the way, what do you expect from the team and coming into a playoff stretch? I expect more of what we, ju what we just saw. If you look back on that, that, uh, that 19 games that we won, right, um, and the streak that we were on, we were coming off, I want to say, three straight losses. And there, there were questions about the team, like, you know, mm -hmm. what's going on with them? You know, is Mike Conley going to fit into the system? Um, and then it was right after that that we went on this run. And then, you know, we, we came out of the, the, the shoot from, from All-Star break not, not looking very good, looking disconnected. Um, but then now we've won these last two games and, um, you know, Coming off, I uh, should reference it so when people listening further down the road will we'll know where we are. Coming off these, we had four losses, then two wins against the Wizards and now the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, we're starting to look connected again. And that's what I expect. I expect that the Jazz will you know, at least be competitive against the Celtics coming up on this road trip. And I would love to see them be able to win three out of four. Um, and that doesn't mean that they can't beat the Celtics because, you know, they certainly can. You, know, you look at the NBA on any given night, this, this can happen. And, and the Knicks just beat Houston. And uh, I want to say uh, the Nets just beat the Celtics. Houston just right? beat the Celtics. Yeah. So I, it's the NBA. But for the Jazz, I ex what I expect down the stretch is for them to have a run similar to what they had. It's probably not going to be as good as what they had when they won 19 out of, am I getting this right, 19 out of 20, 21. 21, 19 out of 21. And um, so I expect something similar to that. And I expect them to be playing their best basketball as we get ready for postseason play.
That's Alema. You can catch up tonight as the Jazz take on the Celtics. And Jason Tatum is hot since February. 30.8 points. 49% from the field. 48% from three. And he's getting to the line seven times. Will be a good matchup. You'll want to listen to our second part of the interview with Alema because he gets into Jordan Clarkson's latest looks. I remember there was a, a time, it might have been two years ago, when we were playing OKC, and he showed up in a tuxedo with no shirt. <laughs> you remember yeah. that? <laughs> I don't know if I can pull that off. Yeah. Yes, we're talking fashion with Lemon Harrington. That will air on Monday. Make sure you let others know that you're listening to the podcast today. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher is the place to go. Five stars, nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. With that, I'm JP Chunga, and until next time, bye for now.